Welcome to Reality TV PhD. I'm Christina. And I'm M. Here's the deal. M and I were both in school for far, far too long. We decided it was time for us to climb out of the ivory tower and plop onto the couch to talk about our favorite academic subject, reality TV. From dating shows that make you question the future of humankind, to competition shows with 40-plus seasons, to that one show about a farmer trying to find a wife, for better or worse, we watch it all. We're here with hot takes, dissertations about topics you never asked for, and questions you wished another student would ask so you don't have to. Class has begun. Good morning. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you have some cereal or other oh. crunchy breakfast? No, I just took my thyroid medicine, so I can't even have anything for 30 minutes. I have my coffee next to me, and I can't drink it. Oh, you can't even drink anything? No, just water. That's so sad. God. Brutal. Not that brutal, all things considered, but I've missed you, listeners, and I also fucked up, okay? (laughs) (laughs) M has to come clean and make a confession because I would put M on blast if not. She probably will still. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Well, we were trying... Listen, first off, we took off the holidays. Months. We took off the holiday months. (laughs) And then we took off some start of 2024 just because we felt like it. And that's what needed to happen. And I have been um, like, you know, trying to be somewhat organized for myself. And I was like weeks ago, like, okay, like let's or maybe a week ago trying to pick up the exact time that we would record today for our for our big return and christina has to go somewhere at 11 30 a.m her time which is 10 30 a.m my time so i said we can record first thing when i wake up in the morning because i sleep a fair amount on weekends um and christina said are you sure you'll be awake and i said lol or something like that okay and then this morning I woke up at nine. So I was up late last night. I woke up at nine and I texted Christina and I was like, do you want to record? And she was like, yes. And I was like, okay, we're recording at 10 my time, right? And she was like, no, 10 my time, her time. So it's so long. And then she sends me, I was like, well, okay. So do you want to record like now? And then she fucking sends me a photo of her already in the Zoom waiting for me. Yep. That's like, there's a unique kind of panic that that overcomes someone <laughs> in this in this like working from home life when like someone is waiting in a Zoom room for you and you're like, I'm like so close to the Zoom room. It's not like I fully missed a meeting on campus or something, mm. but but I'm like, wow, I'm really bad because that I'm like five steps away from where this meeting is and I couldn't even get it together. Yeah, M was active in another text chat, not even our private text chat. Oh, shout out Chelsea. I I know you're awake now. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're awake shit talking, Ari Leyendike. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, so that's that. I'm sorry. 
sorry. I'll I'll do better. I'll I'll try to do better. <laughs> yeah, let's get real about these New Year's resolutions. Oh God. All right, my friend. How do you want to kick things off? How do you even want to do this? We should just go topically. Okay. I don't really have grades. I just have topics for okay. the last two months and then go into our seminar. I truly cannot believe that you've been taking notes for two months. Well, I the note is a very loose okay. descriptor of what's <laughs> okay. going on. And I didn't even take notes for our seminar. Oh, okay. I <laughs> Great. Love it. For listeners, seminar today is going to be, you probably know this will be in the episode title. It'll be about The Traders US season two. What an amazing show. I, because, wow, the theme of this episode is calling people out myself. Now I call out Daniel, my partner, because Daniel, my partner has told me that he quote unquote, cannot watch shows when the sun is out. And because we record on Saturday morning and, um, traders comes out Friday and it's the only show he really, really, really wants to watch together. I've only watched episode one through three, but I've decided that if you want to talk about episode four, I'm super happy to listen to it and then I'll watch it. Are you fucking kidding me? I, I, Christina, I'm my hands are tied. My Wait, hands are tied. You said you were up late. What were you doing? I was at a friend's birthday. Okay. I was at a birthday party for a friend. You're late to this episode and you haven't even watched. Yeah. This is a terrible start. Do you want to replace me? I want to replace me. Oh my God. I can't. Well, I'm telling you, you can. I thought maybe I'll watch it when I wake up, but didn't have time for that. We can't even talk about the poison chalice. (laughs) Well, we can talk about like, I would love, I would, I'm, I'm open to hear all the spoilers because I'm going to watch it with Daniel anyway. Mm, Okay. And I know about the poison chalice because it was a big part of the end of episode three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who? received the poison i can't wait to hear who it is but anyway we're getting ahead of ourselves i do have listen we can do topic to topic but i i've been sitting on this note i only took one note like two months ago and then the rest are like within the last week or two okay i've been sitting on this one and it it is a grade and it's maybe my top my top grade of all time in life no of related to reality tv okay okay all right i'll let you go first and then we can get into whatever topics you want. Yeah. This grade, so I was in, I was, as Christina says, globe trotting. I was in New Zealand doing a bunch of tramping around. I was doing a hike. A lot of hikes in New Zealand are just straight up these mountains. Not my my ideal hike. Daniel loves them. So I've been walking up. I'm, I'm walking up this mountain. It's not that tall, but it's like 4,000 feet elevation gain. And what am I listening to? I'm listening to our amazing episode that you hosted with guest Chelsea. And I am dying walking up this mountain. I am being fueled purely by that episode. And then something was said during that episode that I, I, I started laughing so hard. I had to like, I couldn't breathe already. And then I had to like sit down for a little bit because you and Chelsea trying to figure out the name of this just average dude on a previous season of love is blind and you guys can't remember his name and you wind up aligning that his name is barnes wow i don't even remember this i was like barnes <laughs> wait isn't that someone's name barnett uh- amber and barnett i 
was I was beside myself. I was like, <laughs> who can I tell about this? Who's here? No one's going to know or care. But you guys really tried. You were like, what is that guy's name? And you're like, you're like tossing some names out. And then you're like Barnes. And you guys were both like, oh, yeah, Barnes, Barnes. That was like, <laughs> that's so good. That's oh, it. nothing is harder to me, like for me, than like white people's names on I reality knew, TV I knew shows. there was something about that going on. It's just, oh God, I don't know any of the people's names on the traders that are housewives. Oh, I got you. But none it's of them hard. are Barnes. Barnes yeah, is this Damn season. it. Anyway, that was a great episode. That part of it took the took the A plus. I have out of my notes A plus 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 plus. Christina Chelsea calling Barnett Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I seed the floor. I've prepared several categories, and okay, you can participate in all of them except for I one. Can't. I think I can't, or I can't. You can wow. you watch all of them. So I so want inclusive. your well, we had a lot of things finish or become close to finished. That's for me, so, but it always is. Yeah. Well, no, actually, I was referring to Real Housewives of Salt Lake City because we only have oh. one episode left. But yeah, also because M has a chronic condition called I can't finish anything once it is aired. My first category is called I'm so sad. And it's just oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> The shows that I've watched the last few weeks while I've been so sad. So sad. <laughs> and I just wanted to throw them out for people that need a little bit of like soothing balm for their brains. Gentleness. Yeah. So I watched all of the Australian version of Love on the Spectrum. I have to say, I actually preferred the, uh, the US version, uh, mm. which I feel like is not a common perspective yeah. i watched down for love also loved that the other thing that i feel like maybe we've talked about m but i could be wrong is i somehow got into the voice audition clips on tiktok well no matter where they are yeah wherever you find them but medium you can really go down yeah oh, <laughs> hours did you cry oh i'm just like in the bathtub crying because there's like kid there. versions yep wow wow it is... did you go international oh it was purely international yep i so have good. been on that journey many times before that is one of the only like algorithm recommended journeys that has gotten me to the point where like hours will pass and I'll be like, oh my God, what have I been doing? And I'm just, I look outside myself and I'm just crying, being so moved, but it's been like hours and not super, I haven't really, I never really feel like I had been choosing to do that, but it's, I've just been pulled along this journey. It's better than the show because you don't have to see anyone get turned away. It's amazing. It's like the super cut. It's like if you took the best part of anything, the best part of I was thinking, what's like a food analogy, like the best part of a meal. And you just like had that over and over mm -hmm. and over again. And it didn't never got tired. It's, it's a unique thing. It's a unique thing. Yeah. Highly recommend. And on the sort of new side of things, there's a brand new season of Love on the Spectrum as of yesterday. I too stayed up late, watched five episodes of that. <laughs> so oh I'm almost God. done. It's 
great. We get some new people, some returners. Uh, I you've you watched, haven't you? No. You haven't watched the first season? No. I'm oh, worried shit. it will break me. It's so good. Yeah. Like I, I can't give anyone a better recommendation. I feel unalone in the fact that the start of 2024 was horrible. I've just yep. been hearing from a lot of people that, wow, the start of this year is trash. Turn on this show. It is pure. It is just love in a show. Okay. And there's this one couple who on their first date, they both say to each other, like, I want to go to Africa and see lions. And in oh season God. two, no, they go to Africa. Did they see lions? Yes. I have the chills. It's perfect television. Wow. Okay. I'll put it on the list. I'm currently experiencing this thing where people are trying to get me to watch movies because I haven't seen any. Basically, Ugh, I hate when people do that. Like, oh, you haven't seen whatever you must. Well, it's a little bit different than that. Everyone starts there and then they're like, you haven't seen this. You must. And then I say to them, listen, I love the recommendation. But to be honest with you, I haven't seen like anything. So I don't know what this thing is you're recommending to me, but I'll probably watch like the Titanic first if I'm going to just like watch a movie. You know, there's other things that are in the priority line, but then I never do because I don't really like movies. And then people are like, well, you watch a lot of stuff. Maybe you just haven't found the right movie. So anyway, it's a long way of saying some of my screen time has been taken up by some dear friends trying to figure out what kind of movie I like and then have me watch it and then enjoy it. And we've done it. Well, we've only done it once last week. We might do it again soon. And it was not good. What movie? Well, I hope I don't think they're going to listen to this. It wasn't bad, but I'd give it a C. And let me tell you, before I tell you what it is, I don't watch movies. So I don't know if this is a bad take or a wrong take or whatever. And people might be a great movie for everyone else. It was called Collateral. Why would they start you with that? I don't know. I told them all the movies that I've seen that I really liked. And then they made a list of like seven movies. And we started with that one. Okay. Even in people that watch that genre, it what is- What is that genre, would you say? I don't know. Something that you feel inclined to call a thriller, but is quite boring and slow. Look, I saw that movie in theaters because I like movies of that type. Yeah. And I've only seen that one once, if that says Whoa. anything. Well, I don't, I don't know. You're, you're, you must be a double watcher. Yeah, for like good movies. I also watched Die Hard recently, and I had to turn off halfway through. I was like, this is just... Yeah. Can I prepare a list for you? Please. I am sourcing lists, and what would be great I actually is if take I could great find... pride in good recommendations. Christina, please. After this episode, I will okay. send you a voice note of my yeah. what I have learned in my very beginning journeys of movies, and you can, just based on that small information come up with some oh i i actually feel that this is a challenge i can meet okay i love that sweet okay topic one sad times <laughs> indeed all right topic two are you ready i put this at the top because i knew you would want to talk let's talk about the real housewives of salt lake city at this point has it been talked about too much probably but i would love to talk about our favorite moments of what's been going on Okay, I'm fully caught up on the reunion. Me too. My only notes are honestly on the most recent episode of the reunion. Great. I have nothing to say about the season finale. It was great. Our chef's kiss. Everyone should watch it. I love that Betches 
did like a live reading of of that in New York City. Wish I had known. Really great uh, adaptation of reality TV to art. The three notes that I made yeah, from the reunion. It. In quotes, touchette. Touchette. Monica screamed touchette repeatedly. It's a she dance. Meant touche. It's a, it's a dance move. Is it really? Touché. No, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Mary oh. lives on a different planet. We can't even talk about what she said about her son oh, on national television. Good God. Oh. And then the only thing I was like, wow, you were, this is the wrong look, is Lisa screaming that the Mormon doctrine is not rooted in racism. Mm. And then repeatedly being like, I'm Mormon. Why are we not asking me about this? And everyone just straight up ignoring her. Yeah. There are, yeah. Those are great, a great trio of call outs. I can't even write down the thing about it that I like the most because I can't figure out what it is. And it's the Monica dynamic with everyone else. And when things get heated, she is like, she, this, 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 this wild thing happens where she makes points in the midst of these heated arguments that are like so true. So people will be coming at her so hard, rightfully so. And she maybe is like lying about stuff in these arguments or like whatever. Like she's just not being maybe fully transparent or forthcoming. I don't know. They're make it's making people upset. And then she'll be like, well, what about when you did this? And it was like the same version. It's a version of the thing that they're coming at her about. And I'm always like, wow, she's good. I'm just like, she is good because she can be embroiled in these wild moments that I think sometimes she takes a little bit of pleasure. And I can, I can sense like she takes them, you know, some happiness in this. And then she's able to like call out. It's almost like her, her ammo is, a version of just highlighting hypocrisy amongst the women for, you know, getting upset with her about something when they've done something very similar, or that's like, you know, in the same realm that we don't, that hasn't been discussed or that wasn't given a lot of light. And when she does that effectively, it's extremely, it's just like the person is completely out of, they keep going because they're still upset. But as a viewer, I'm like, oof, that was. She makes a good point. I just go, she's she's making a good point. Yeah, it's like you can't enter a conversation with the housewives with the same sort of logic that you no. might enter a conversation or argument with anyone else in the world, which I believe is what Parvati's experiencing in the traders right now. But Monica gets that. Yes. And so she's screaming at the same level they are. And then she'll have that little nugget. And I don't even know if it really lands with the housewives, but it doesn't landing with me. It doesn't land with them at all. Like they are like just so seeing red and enraged because she is infuriating. Because oh. it's just like, why aren't you reacting like someone like 
The, the, I've never sued anyone in my life. And it's like, I was like, she sued me. Yeah. Um, but it was a countersuit. That kind okay. of thing where I'm like, but it's well, like, okay, okay, you sued someone. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's like, well, I mean, I guess like she's, that's maybe not fully a lie. Like I'm just, she has this way true. of getting, of, of using logic random at random points to get under these women's skin and it is so good i don't think she can come back to the next season but i love i'm just like savoring these moments i don't think she'll come back but wow what a bright season for well, her I don't know, if, like, tom out. Sa- if tom sandoval can come back yeah why can't she i feel like the big concern is like no one's gonna want to film with her Mm-hmm. But I don't know. No one, no one wanted to film with Tom. People get over things. That's all I'm going to say. People get over yeah, things. People do. You actually are leading us into my next part, which is let's talk about Vanderpump Rules briefly. Okay, go on. Go ahead. <laughs> briefly, well, she I've, says. <laughs> I've now caught up. I've watched all ten seasons. It, I mean, remarkable. Having watched them back to back, I'll say the worst season is season eight, hands down push through it to get to 10 and then I realized oh 11 is the season I really want to see I want to see the aftermath mm-hmm. so I'm pumped and every well, day I think god can it be January whatever 31st whenever it's coming out I'm so ready I think Jen's gonna join us to talk about it good and I feel like I will let you host that one <laughs> <laughs> because right. you will have some real thoughts and takes here are some notes that I had having watched it just straight through because I feel like when you do that, you're just able to see people a little differently than having it spread out over 10 years. Yeah. So when I started watching and I had told you, I like Sheena, you were so disturbed. And I get that now because I've seen the evolution of Sheena and there's a distinctive shift pre and post marriage. So I really wanted to call that out because now I'm like, oh, good God, get off my screen. She just becomes like insufferable after a certain point. And it's really her divorce. Mm. That was so sad. Yeah. Oh, it was really upsetting. Oh, goodness. Yeah, she became like a different person. Wow. Sandoval, it was like the opening of Tom Tom sparked the villain era. Mm. But you get season nine and you start to see this climb. And by the start of 10, he's like in full villain. Like his aesthetic is different. The way he talks is different. But there were hints all along. I mean, when Ariana's doing her first cocktail book, like very early. Yeah. And he gets mad that he's not featured in it. Like the clues were there about this egomaniacal dude. And, but it is really like intense because I was just like, oh, this guy's shitty. But then it's like a switch is flipped and he just looks like this different person. Yeah. Uh, so a wor- a wor- he looks worse. And by that we mean oh, yeah. worse. It's, it's bad. Like what the, yeah. very strange. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that has been most interesting and you'll be unsurprised to hear this to me is I did not know that Ariana was bisexual. It just wasn't in the public discourse that I was reading until I sought it out. And watching all the seasons together, 
the way in which her sexuality and her decision to not have kids is completely sort of at best like downplayed, but at worst, like there's some, you know, biphobia and bullshit going on from a lot of people, including Tom, I believe. Like it's just it makes her arc even more compelling. Mm-hmm. And Tom outed her mm-hmm. in, you know, the earlier seasons. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. It's bullshit. So I'm actually like, you know, Ariana definitely gets into some shit. She's not perfect, but like I have a deep amount of empathy watching her full arc with her mm-hmm. mental health struggles and mm-hmm. just seeing how everyone around her particularly all the men and even Lisa are like, you know, oh, she'll come around to marriage. She'll come around to kids. This just like erasing of her. She's just on a different level in terms of character development. Truly. Yeah, she is. She is like a totally different kind of person than everyone else on this yes. show. Yes. I cannot. I'm going to shift gears. I cannot overstate how much I love everyone's musical careers. Oh, <laughs> it's truly so bad. Taryn sings Sheena songs all the time. No, Taryn. Oh, God. The last thing I'll say is fuck Tom Schwartz as well. Oh, yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Coming that from part- knowing nothing, watching the reunion, and then watching all 10 seasons, uh-huh. coming back to the reunion. Yeah. I texted this to M, but Tom and Tom are each other's downfall. I deeply believe This has always been a group of men that support each other before any of the women in their lives. uh, Tom deserves whatever he's going to get. He's trash. And he's trash in a different way than Tom Sandoval, but I don't think necessarily any less. (laughs) Yeah. I'll never forget that scene of them in someone's kitchen and him being quite drunk and saying horrible things to Katie. Yes, And I don't even know what season that was or when in time this was, but I'm like, that moment of tv is going to stay with me forever oh it might have been eight you know what's wild because this was the low point for me the eight is the season where jacks and britney get married there's the homophobic pastor oh yeah it's right before 2020 and they're all pranking each other and they basically bring in a fake cop to arrest tom sandoval oh yeah and katie is like it's not funny to me like cops mean different things to people very prescient pre 2020 discussion around policing and black lives matter. And Tom Schwartz was not having it. He didn't mm-hmm. want any seriousness to be brought to the situation. And he went off on her and I was like, wow, Katie like was ahead of her time in terms of like white people on television yeah, and got just totally destroyed by her husband. I know it's such They're a married. bad look. I did like their wedding though. Their wedding was beautiful. I was shocked, but it was beautiful. (laughs) It was so beautiful. I mean, I was concerned when her invites were on towels. I don't remember that. (laughs) Tea towels. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. Anyway, it was a great show. I'm so glad I watched it. Probably one of the best cumulatively, you know, consistent shows. Should we talk briefly about, I don't know if you watched this, the ending to Survivor. I didn't watch it. Okay, I am currently halfway through the ending of Survivor, the last episode. I will not finish it. And also GBBO. Don't know if I'll finish it. I think I texted this to you, but another note about the podcast where Chelsea was the guest. 
the fact that she gave, I really didn't want to spoil for myself who, who wins GBBO. And she, I heard her say that she gave whoever the winner of GBBO a B. And I heard that. And I was like on episode two of GBBO. And so then the rest of the season, I was like, okay, who does Chelsea think is like a B level person (laughs) among this cast? And I basically knew that Tasha simply could not win because I think that Chelsea would give Tasha an A. I could be wrong. Chelsea, shout out in the comments, listener Chelsea, if I my reading of your ratings are right. But then we go into the finale and it's Maddie, Dan, and Josh, I think, who are all very similar to me. No strong A's in the mix. I do have a preference for who wins. But then I got there, and then I was like, well, this game for figuring out who Chelsea thinks is a B is no longer that fun because I think she'd give all these people a B. Mm, got it. But I, but I, maybe I will finish that, but I don't know. And I, I really have been reflecting on it because I actually do think it's like a problem that I don't finish, that I get to this point in shows and I don't finish it. Like I'm literally – like there's the technical and the final bake left in the episode, and I will not do it. I have not done it for weeks. And Survivor, I got through – it's like the final four, okay. but I've seen all of the footage and I've listened to podcasts about it. And now all this, oh, and Chelsea said the thing about like the winner saying something during the final tribal that made her. Oh, it wasn't the winner. Oh, who was it? Can you tell me what that yeah, was? It was, it was very interesting. What was his name? Who's the guy from Boston? Jake. Jake. So he revealed he's not a public defender. Yeah. He's actually a prosecutor. And he prosecutes kids. Oh, shit. Yeah. I thought we knew he wasn't a public defender. Yeah, we might have. He may have said, like, I'm going to say I'm this, but I'm not this. But the reveal of what he actually does definitely is a different vibe. Damn. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it wasn't related to, like, the game at all. No, 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 no. It's what he chooses to do with his career. And then Katora and... Who's the Julie? older woman? Julie. Julie. They're both lawyers. We knew Katora was, but yeah. Julie also went back to school and yeah. made a career change in her 40s. And I, so she's a lawyer heavy show. Basically, I just wanted to get your thoughts on our winners for Survivor and House of Villains, which ended. And do you feel that they were good conclusions? Well, I do want to ask did Julie and Katora reveal at some point live that they were lawyers? Mm-hmm. It was in the, the, after the chat was announced were people surprised yeah people were just very supportive and happy because everyone when julie left she hugged katora and said you need to go to law school." yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, i saw that and i was like wow that's and that to me shows like how many conversations are happening that we don't see because like what a specific comment (laughs) yeah uh yeah so that was very nice in general my thoughts on survival i just like liked like, I just thought this was a fine season. You know, I, like, I really liked, liked it. the ending people. I thought our winner, what's her name? D. D. I liked D. I thought she played a good game. Yep. I just, it was fine. Like, it was nice. It was an enjoyable experience. I liked it. House I, of Villains, I thought yeah. the conclusion was, like, fine. But the winner was, like, what? <laughs> that was, like, the anti, that was, like, the opposite of what Johnny Bananas has done in every season of the challenge ever. So honestly, good for him. I I kind of loved it. I she was my favorite, yeah, character. 
Yeah, I love. I was like, I, I was like, I don't know who this is, but yeah, I don't know who this is either. But she was pumped to win. Yeah, so good and, for her. And I love this. Yeah, I thought they were both. They were both good. I thought Survivor. I thought it was one of the better seasons, better yeah, recent of seasons. the new. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, no, I. There was something about. There's something about the vibe of the the Survivor jury, and I didn't watch Final Tribal, so I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> Tell but, me about tell me about the vibe you But let experience. me tell you about the vibe of the of the jury. Just the footage of them during tribal councils, they just took everything like so seriously. And I was kind of like not into that vibe. It felt like a little group thinky, like guys, I'm like, guys, this is a game. What is okay, Christina just muted herself and started clapping over her head. Okay, my dog cannot hear anymore but he can sort of hear clapping and he's doing this thing where he knocks his bowl against the wall oh my god okay his wow. doggy anxiety like, is what alive is this aerobic I hour i know just ignore me for a second okay, okay i wish you guys can see what she's doing did it work yeah he just stopped amazing we have a heavy bowl because he does this so i'm like you're really damaging like the two brain cells you have left yeah oh my sweetie Okay, yeah, I don't have any good thoughts about Survivor. It was okay. a good season. I was happy about it. I liked it. Australian Survivor premieres on January 29th. Will I oh, go on that journey? I'm not sure. My God. <laughs> I can't even think about it right now. Let's not think about it. We oh, might go on the journey. We get Australian Survivor and yeah. Vanderpump at the same time. Yeah. yeah, heavy, heavy, heavy winter is coming. Thank God for this. Okay. Do you have and any you more categories? About another finale that okay. I don't Are we going to get to the chairs before you leave? We don't know, but we it's will. fine. Okay. Golden okay. Bachelor. Didn't watch it. Didn't watch the finale. Watched all the way up to the last episode. I assume you didn't watch the wedding. Didn't watch the wedding. Yeah, it was really not worth it. Oof. So what do you Dude. think about everything? Oh, wow. This is like feels like decades ago. Um, yeah. I feel good about it. I feel like he made a he made the sensible choice. Sometimes I feel like as viewers, we're wanting him to make the choice that's like something like we would have preferred this choice if this were a, a novel we were reading hmm. but then you're like well this is this man's life this isn't a novel for me this is this man's life and like did he choose the the compelling choice from a novel perspective maybe not hmm. but did he choose the person that i think is probably the best fit for him of the of the people he had yes but again i didn't watch the final episode so i don't really know can i even comment did you watch you watch the breakup though? Or no? No, no. I wish you had watched the breakup. I heard that he did it it went poorly. Yeah, it definitely went poorly. He to his credit, he broke up with her before the moment where it's like, is he proposing or not? But it was painful to watch. Like deeply painful. All of the things that we said about him sort of went out the window he should not have told he he is a cautionary tale don't tell people you love them if you don't know you're picking them don't repeatedly tell them that it was bad do you did your feelings about him change after the hollywood reporter article came out oh god the thing is i don't really have a lot of feelings about him yeah and so that came out and i was like Okay. It, There's so much more salacious things coming out in in yes. in the news that I'm like, okay, maybe this is true and like all right, but like I'm not this is not 
there's way better stuff coming out about different people in reality TV world that is going to trump that news for me. That is how I feel. I've heard people say it totally ruined their perspective on him. And I'm just not there because when we think about older white men of certain age, that like there's so much worse shit that could come out about that person and him having moved on and gone on some dates and also maybe having some weird money stuff like it feels whatever to me. And even if we just contain the drama to the bachelor universe, like there are much worse contestants. Yeah, like people go listen to Clayton Eckerd's current legal battles right now. Exactly. You, like that is where the real stories are. Yeah. And 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 let's not look the bachelor's casting like people that have had DV charges and yeah, like, you're so really right. Bad shit. Really bad so I'm stuff. Like, this guy made a woman split the cost of a date with him <laughs> like, yeah. i don't know you know like i no one's squeaky clean anymore but I, in the scope of like shit that you could do yeah i'm I just like, like whatever i imagine that like a handful of articles about of that level of negative could be written about me yes exactly it's like yeah i'm a person and i've done some I've had some moments where I was not perfectly proud of them. And I write about them in my diary sometimes. And like in his case, he's on national TV. So whatever is in his diary and then gets put up on blast. And it's like, yeah, well, he's a human. Yep. And it's like, you know, what was I going to say? We have coyotes back here. So now I'm just like, so watching cool. for coyotes. Uh, oh, but yeah, so they've been eating some snow. small dogs. Uh, <laughs> Not cool. Let me go on the record and say I said it, the coyotes were cool before she said they eat small dogs. But yeah. Oh, the thing that I was going to say is just like, hey, I, I just have a strong doubt that it. it's not like he came to The Bachelor and was like, this is my deal. It's like The Bachelor producers are like, this is how we're going to package you for the most palatable consumption by our 100%. viewers. So like, don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah. It's all about Bachelor and, and who they're casting and how they're packaging it. And that's who we need to be mad at. Not this old guy who has a shot at love again. Dropping my mic for Christina. <laughs> okay, I have a pop quiz for you. A few pop quizzes. Okay, well, can I have, I'm just going to- Oh, you have some other topics. stuff? Well, I'm just making sure I wanted to get through yours to see. Yeah. I just wanted to say- Shout out to Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip New York. <laughs> Kelly Ben Simone has returned to our screen and it is a delight. If you're not watching it, you should watch it. This is what we need from Real Housewives. And this is why I could not watch the new season of Real Housewives New York because compare it to this and you will see what I think of when I think of Real Housewives New York. Um, I guess it's not called Real Housewives. Is it New York? Oh, yeah. Anyway, there's just some fascinating dynamics. I can't recommend it enough. I'm also currently watching RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't have any articulate thoughts. I just love this show and I can't wait to watch the new episode today. Um, And I also think that this cast is like, they maybe don't have someone who immediately I'm like, that person's going to win. Like when I watched the Willow Pill season, I was like, Willow Pill. And then when I watched the Sasha Colby Anitra season, I was like, those two. Immediately was kind of like, we could see the top two or three. This season, and you could like, there's a bunch of people who you're like, uh, they're really not great. This season, I don't have a sense of that, 
but I also think that there's no one who I'm obvious, who I'm like, this person is not up to the challenge. So it's kind of interesting in that respect. Um, also, are you watching it? No, but I did want to shout out RuPaul's Emmy win and oh, acceptance speech. Worth watching for two minutes of your life, everyone. Just beautiful. I think this might entice you that the way that the top the top queens are determined each week is via the mechanism that's implemented in the circle for who's popular. So the the different contestants all rank everyone for the week. And then whoever gets like whatever the computation is for that, the top two spots are the two possible winners. And so there's one queen at least who's kind of evil and is like doing it in the reverse way to make the competition leave. Everyone else is doing it in the straightforward way, but it's kind of an interesting, um, interesting little, little mechanism. Um, is that it? I'm also watching the challenge because I can't help myself. This is one of the worst seasons I've ever seen. Just the worst, but I'm still watching it. And they filmed all-star the challenge all-stars season four, I think like two years ago now. And it's been like, when are they going to air this thing? And I think it's coming out in March. So I'm really excited for that. Oh my God. You yeah. can't watch something that's a week old, but you're going to watch that. Yeah, I know something's wrong with me. Um, many things actually, before we get to the pop quiz of which I have one, I wanted to finally circle back with my selling sunset, a selling sunset thought. Cause I know I was, you really watched dry. the reunion. Well, I got, okay. I'm literally not joking. Me? I watch. there's like 20 minutes left, but it was so I like watched, actually good. Yeah. I watched most of it. I watched most of the reunion, but then I stopped before I got to the end. My comments on it, I watched this weeks ago, so I don't remember it fully, but it was it was about the season and the reunion. And I think my thought was just like, this was a really painful season for a lot of people from a friendship perspective, especially regarding Chriselle, especially the Amanda Chriselle friendship deterioration. And there were all these, this narrative that Amanza and others had that was like, you're, and Mary, like, Chriselle has changed. Like, she's really changed. Like, sad. She's changed. She's not who she used to be. And I was thinking about it, and I really felt that pain. And I also felt Chriselle's pain. And I was just, I think my takeaway is, I think this season, Chriselle truly found happiness in a way that she hadn't had before. And I think it's really hard to find happiness in the way that she's found it. And I think that she's done a lot of work to get there. And I think before this season or before the season and last season, she had a version of happiness that more closely resembled the versions of happiness that the rest of the women on the cast did. And so it's not actually at all that she's changed, but it's that she's truly done the hard work of finding happiness and like having a really meaningful life. I think not that the other's lives aren't meaningful, but there's been a, a new intentionality in her life that I've witnessed that I think just when you have that, your choices are just simplified. Everything just becomes like simpler for you, your preferences, what you want to spend your time doing. You're just like, oh, like this is what I want to do now. This is who I want to be. This is who I want to be around. 
And it doesn't mean at all that you've changed. If anything, it's because you've become more of yourself. Like you've become more of the person who you were before. Um, and I just thought that that was interesting to watch on my reality TV screen. And it was interesting that other people construed it as she's changed when it was really like, no, she's just gone on this journey. That was a lot of work. And now she has sources of meaning in her life. That means that she doesn't have to engage in these other things that she used to engage in and with when she didn't have these sources of meaning. I think a big part of it is her relationship with G flip, but it's just kind of like I sensed a perspective change or like a way that she sees the world change. Um, and it's sad to me that people would, would frame it around. Like she's changed. I just don't like, I don't, I didn't like that narrative at all. And it also made me really sad for the other women. Cause I'm like, I actually think that what's going on here is that you all are jealous of not her, not like she's the popular, whatever star of the group, but they're jealous of the sense of meaning that she's found in her life. And that's a tough, tough, I've been there. Like when I felt like so I've been around a friend who's like suddenly has like some kind of new source of meaning. And I feel like maybe I don't have that level of meaning at that moment. And it's a tough place to be because you, it really is like, it really makes you feel like, God, like I want, it's like a specific kind of jealousy. That's very not shallow. That's all. Those are my thoughts I wanted to share. Yeah, I think that's right on. That's like exactly it. Sad and though. It's, I think it's, uh, makes someone like Chriselle, maybe you wonder how much longer she's here for the reality TV part because Not. she realizes, it appears that she realizes like this doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. None it's almost like she's had like a matter. It's almost like she says it a near death experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That perspective shift is so fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, my deep my deep reads on on Selling Sunset. No, you know, I I think that's why this season was fascinating to me because I there was actually a significant amount of depth yeah. to the drama. Real pain. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, pop quiz. I have one with Mari Lou, though. Sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> Mari Lou. Okay. Pop, pop quiz. quiz. I only have one. You want to go? Yeah. So take the take the um, Salt Lake City Housewives. Okay. And please tell me it has to sum to one hundred. Oh no. What percent of each housewife are you? <laughs> That's funny. I have a number thing for housewives for you. Oh, I love numbers. Okay. I think I'm 10% Monica. Oh, wow. Okay. I'll just come in and say that. I want to just, yeah, confess. 20% Meredith. Okay. Trampoline with eyes. We're at 30%. 30% Whitney. Oh, interesting. And 40% Heather. Yep. So no Lisa. Oh, no. Sorry. And no Angie. Yeah. 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 I don't no really Mary. See myself in her. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. That's higher on Whitney than I would have thought, to be honest with you. It's probably because of her, like, spirituality side. 
Oh, okay. her openness to that. Okay. I feel yeah. that. Okay. She's got a weirdness in her. She definitely does. And and I I like that. Yeah. Yeah, she's just open about certain things and I mm-hmm. I deeply identify with that. I have a number thing for you and I'm going to need you to get your phone for this. I have it. I'm ready. Okay. So, in one of the episodes towards the end of the season, there is a discussion about how many selfies someone takes. They were making fun of someone, and then they asked every single housewife to say how many selfies they'd taken because you can get the number in your photos. And the winner, if you don't recall, M, was Lisa with 28. Wait, what was 000. this discussed? 28,000? Yes, <laughs> 28,000 oh selfies. Okay. And I'm going to ask you to guess and determine for us on air how many selfies you've taken. Oh, I, already ju- I just looked. I just looked. Oh, damn it. So okay, so guess. no guess. Do I, you gonna- you, why don't you guess for me? And okay. then I'll tell you. Okay. And then I have to plug my computer in. Doesn't matter how long I've had my phone. I feel like that's a big contributor. Mm, it is a big contributor, unless you're me and I literally delete photos. Uh, wow. I've never once deleted a photo. I delete photos every day. That's I keep it interesting. fresh. Interesting. Okay. So then I'll say I was going to guess under 100, honestly. It's a real big compliment. It's not, is it? Are you around 500? I need to tell you something that like. Oh my God, you have to tell me. Well, just think about, I know it seems like maybe I'm the kind of person that wouldn't have more than a hundred selfies. Yeah. But just know that like my most recent photo, for example, is a selfie of me with my eyes barely open, sending it to you in response to you being on Zoom. So like when we're in the world of selfies for me, that's lots and lots of selfies crying, lots of crying selfies. Yeah. It's just not what you would think of when you think of (laughs) selfies, but I do take them. Okay. Tell me that number. It's more than I thought. 744. Wow. But they have selfie. Okay. But this is the thing. It's selfies of anyone. Cause I have a lot of Daniel selfies in here. They're oh. half, half Daniel. Cause I take screen. I take shot screenshots from our FaceTiming and just oh, okay. funny. I would say more than half of them are Daniel. And then also it thinks that this is a selfie. This is my lamp. What does that mean about well, what my phone thinks I look like? Yeah. Machinery mechanical. I would, I would cut it in half or even I would say maybe one, one quarter <laughs> of these are actually selfies just based on my scrolling. Okay. But like me crying, there's like seven in a row of me crying. Oh, wow. Wow, this is interesting. So yeah, 750, one fourth of that. Okay. I don't know what that would be. We'll say around two, a little less than 200. Okay. How about you? 300. Wow. Because you delete? Probably, yeah. Okay. It's rare that I would. 28,000 is absolutely bonkers. Yeah. That's actually amazing. I don't cares. Okay. Okay. Another housewife's question. Which housewife would you invite to meet your strange family? And Uh, why is it not Lisa? Out of the Salt Lake City? (laughs) Yeah. Heather? Yeah. Anyone probably, just not Lisa. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, though, maybe any of them except for Mary. Oof. Yeah, no, it's not Mary. I'll say that. Do you agree with me that that was the worst Bachelor in Paradise to ever air? I stopped watching it about halfway through. It was so bad. And like absolutely none of the couples lasted. 
right? They all broke. They all announced breakups like right after the finale. Painful, except for Brayden and Brayden and Christina Mandrell, which like somehow Bachelor Nation, ABC or whatever, is trying to spin off as if they were out of yeah, Bachelor in Paradise. Never... It was like Christina Mandrell was never on the sand. You can't, you cannot yeah. pull this one on me. No, no, it was horrible. So I'm not going to watch The Bachelor this this season. I don't think. Really? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for accepting that. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not a good show. There's just much more interesting things out there. It's just plus not the a good challenge. Show. <laughs> I okay, just can't. Yeah. I can't say more interesting and then also be still be watching the challenge. Yeah. Let me yeah, just you tell you, like this that. season of the challenge, there have been four or five episodes in a row, which is four or five weeks of my life where no one has gotten eliminated, and the like the people who the alliances are still exactly the same. So it's like the same people get voted in, and no one gets eliminated. I hate that. This is I terrible. cannot watch that. I can't believe how bad of game design the challenge is. Sometimes. I also, I I hate when shows don't give us like the elimination by the end of the episode. No, they give an elimination. But they just- It's just eliminated. one where it's like they actually, the person yeah. wins and so no one goes home. <sighs> you with this show would drive you nuts. I, I can't do it. <laughs> I absolutely can't do it. I have a very broad pop quiz for you. Okay. What are your reality TV hopes and goals for 2024? What oh, do you want to see? I or not pers- want to see. Personally, I want to see I want to personally watch less but of higher quality. Mm, that's a goal for me. And I feel like I'm already kind of we're there a little bit. Um except for the challenge. Except for the challenge, but I don't know. Like if you had me only watch, if you were like, you can only watch one show for this whole year, it would be the challenge, which is very bizarre. I think it must hold some, some really, really like old, old parts of my childhood soul and it's in its terrible talons. What else am I hoping for? I'm not being very philosophical about this. I'm being very, very, very concrete. I'm hoping for an amazing love is blind season. Hmm. Because I feel like we were really, we deserve that. We deserve that after what we went through. And I'm hoping for not engaging with the Bachelor content because I just don't care anymore. It's just yeah. kind of depressing. It's old, old news. And it would be awesome to have like a an amazing player on the new season of Australian Survivor. Like it would be really, I love when they have, they're the, they're the kind of version of Survivor where they're like, we don't care about giving everyone equal airtime. We're just going to focus on the people who are playing the best and the most Good. interesting people. So I'm like, maybe they'll have some a new a new person rise from that. I would love that. How I, about you? Yeah, I would say I want a really good Survivor season, but I'll allow for it to be Survivor Australia. Yeah. Traders already got renewed for season three, so I feel like that's a As check. As it should. Um, and what I really don't want in Vanderpump rules is for there to be like a turning on Ariana. Yep. I know some people have speculated that they're afraid of that. And I have to say, I have a deep fear of that having now watched them all repeatedly sort of like change uh, their thoughts on people. So I I won't be able to watch that if that happens. I don't either because like he is a true villain Yeah, and it will be hard for me. So that's, that's my deep hope is keep tom sandoval on the shit list yeah don't blame ariana for his behavior yeah i got my crunchy cereal oh are you kidding me no okay 
Where's Taryn? Taryn's next to me, but I thought we should just set up that we're talking about the traders. Oh, okay. Explain what the traders is, and then I'll have Taryn give their list because it can be done at the top. Traders is the season is uh, <laughs> the reality TV legends of all reality TV shows playing a game of mafia. Yeah. Oh, great description. So when we were watching the first three episodes, Taryn decided to make a list of the pros and cons of being a traitor versus a faithful. Please. And I have that list for you all today. Taryn. And speak into this. Take it away, Taryn. <laughs> Taryn on the mic. <laughs> well, it's not a very like long list or anything, but the pros, this is just from watching it one night. The pros are um, the cloak. Um, <laughs> you won't be as stressed out when you go to bed at night. So like you can go to bed knowing that you're not getting murdered. Um, stamping the, the envelope with that like wax. You know, I want to do that. Um, the poison chalice. And then um, going up to the turret to share secrets. So those are all my pros. <laughs> the cons... Um, it looks like you have to stay up later than everybody else. It looks like later nights for sure. Um, also, I'm bad at secrets and lying. And I think that Sandra would know immediately. I think everybody would know immediately. I'm like really bad at like, I wouldn't be able to keep a straight face at all. Like I would not last. Um, Decision making process looks like it might take long. Again, cutting into my rest. I think you have to stay up late. Um, and then what face am I supposed to make? Or what face am I supposed to put on at the round table? Can I smile? So it was just like a thought I had. Like, are you supposed to, like, what, what face should you have when you're at the round table? Like, can you be smiling? Should you be, like, not looking at anyone? Like, I have no idea. So I don't know. I think I would just be super awkward as a trader. <laughs> wow. This was, I mean, some pros that I honestly feel like I was underweighting. Or perhaps even just completely not on my radar. Getting to stamp the letter with the wax, for example. Yes. You know, most people in this list would say the pros of being the trader are you have you have full information, but that didn't show up on your list. No. <laughs> no, I was I was just thinking about like the other fun things that could happen. And I really like this show. I think it's like probably the show I'd want to be on the most, even though I think I'd be terrible, because I really like how at the beginning um of each day you start with like a breakfast together. That's pretty much it. I love that too. You know what we're going to do right now? I'm going to just see if I can get Daniel to come just give an impromptu list. Oh God. And okay. we'll just, and without having heard Terrence, we'll just see if it's similar or not. Okay. I'll tell you right now, it's probably not going to be similar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One second. Oh gosh. I don't know. I always stress under conditions like this. It's well, Remember what you said last night? What? Whenever I'm under time pressure, yeah. I paradoxically slow down. Yeah. It's really bad. Wow. Yeah. Taryn wouldn't be able to perform under these conditions either. Pros and cons of being a traitor? A traitor, yeah. I mean, I, I'd i be worried that I'd have a really hard time concealing it at breakfast. Mm. Um, I, I already do so much self-monitoring that like I'd over self-monitor. I'd over self-monitor and like, yeah, I'm sure give it away. Mm -hmm. um, I said, what are the pros? You said pros and cons. <laughs> Starting with the cons. Oh, all I can think about when I watch the show and see them at breakfast is like, oh, I'd be done in like seconds. <laughs> They'd like have an impromptu roundtable and vote me out like right there. <laughs> um, 
pros. Oh. Wow. Nothing. Wow. What happens? I guess what did the traders split the money themselves if they survive? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess more money. That's it. Um and like I I do I do I, we haven't gotten this far into the season, but like in the last season, I remember like it I can imagine it would kind of scramble your brains to get as far as some of these groups of people have gotten and not have eliminated a trader. Yeah. Just mm. the number of episodes where like at the end of the evening they've just voted out an innocent and they're all just like, oh, and, and like Deontay, like I feel for Deontay. <laughs> That's actually a pro of being a traitor is not, not being Deontay. experiencing <laughs> what Deontay seems to be experiencing. Um, but not many pros of being a traitor Yeah, you're for just me. talking about avoidances of negatives. Yeah, yeah. Being a traitor seems like a pretty big negative. Because like if you're an innocent and you make it, very far you'll also get a lot of money yeah because the other instants are gone no you only the innocents only get money if they eliminate all the traders at the end oh yeah yeah well that's what i have to offer i mean can i can i do another can you come back and do it that's that's my unprepared version yeah. and i'll do a prepared version Tarot took got it, it. In kind of a different direction okay very very uh a very gentle direction <laughs> like a pro being a trader is getting to stamp that wax thing on the letter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the cloaks are cool. And... <laughs> Taryn, also, that was number one for Taryn. <laughs> I would say, I mean, if we're going to things like that, I would love to like walk around this castle at night. <laughs> what if it cut into your sleep? Okay. Uh, no, then not as much. Okay. But well, I don't think. I, I assume. Yeah. Would. Actually, do we ever see their? bedrooms yeah we do yeah okay i need to look more closely at that okay well think about it come back <laughs> okay time. okay thanks daniel yeah no thank you Bye, Christina. <laughs> um, not not wholly dissimilar yes Christina. no isn't it strange that neither of them put a pro being the fact that the traders always win yeah <laughs> they're thinking about more important things christina yeah like like the cloak wearing a cloak yeah or being anxious yeah, about. I think the uh, anxiety is uh, ruling. I would 100% want to be a traitor. Never in my worst nightmare. Really? Daniel planned a, like an elaborate murder mystery a couple months ago, and he randomly assigned people to be the murderers or not, and I was randomly assigned to be a murderer at the first randomization, and I told him, you must redo it. I'm not being a murderer. Oh not God. happening. Wow. I can't do it. I can't. I like, it's the worst part of any game like that is me waiting to figure out if I'm going to be a bad person. Oh my God. Okay. Let's get into it. Cause you have to go soon, right? I do. Well, I do. Okay. okay. I have a bunch of notes. Cool. So my first question, and then just, I say, get into it is what are your thoughts on this being all famous people? It's so much better to me. I think so too. It's they the all right know choice. how to play the game. Yep. You either need all normies or all famous people. Yep. You can't mix them as you we're seeing in the fallout from season one. Yeah. Wow. Well, Siri, Siri can never be. Um, I don't care what anyone has to say. She's yeah. she's my idol. I don't care either. One of my favorite things about this show is watching it with Daniel, who doesn't really ever watch reality TV, and mm. how many times he's asked me who Larsa is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who she is. But I'm like... She was married to Scotty Pippen. Oh. Okay. 
Okay. So famous Michael Jordan's best friend or closest basketball colleague for a long time. Basketball colleague. (laughs) And now, and now she's dating Michael Jordan's son. Think about it for a second. She's dating her former husband's best friend, colleague, whatever's son. Anyway, that then I've had to explain this to Daniel like seven times. He's like, wait, who is she? And he keeps going. That's she's Marcus. a housewife. She's correct? a housewife of Miami. She's so actually very, painful. I don't know. I think she's, you know, I think she might be okay at the game. The fact that they killed her boyfriend has turned up her, her skill level. I think definitely, definitely. Um, Okay. It's just so good. What did you think about them getting to choose the third trader? And what do you think about who they chose? I think I'm so glad to see that they are evolving the game so quickly because this would not be an effective show if they didn't. And they could not have chosen Sandra or Parvati themselves because everyone would expect it. I actually think that's why no one thinks Sandra or Parv are traitors at this point because it would be like way too obvious but the fact that they allowed two traders to then choose a third was super smart and their thought process was not oh it's going to be obvious if it's Sandra or Parv it was who would not be linked to the two of us right like we're three just like sort of disparate people in this and so they chose someone that wasn't connected so it made a lot of sense to me what they did Totally. And I don't think there's any production manipulation because the fact that bananas got murdered night one. Yep. Is like, wow. Okay. They're really just letting these people play the game. Cause I think I don't probably think allowed that. Yeah. I feel like producers would have stopped that. And bananas was a great person to murder. Cause I feel like he would have been so good. He would have been so good. You know, I love to see actual like game strategy. Mm-hmm. Like They are knocking out good players first. Yep. And you think, oh, this is going to be less watchable. But because it's such a stacked house, it's just not. Yep. Can you explain to me what happened with the Peppermint Trichelle situation? I do not feel like I I must have missed the original drama. The conversation. Yeah. So I sort of missed it, too. But there was some conversation where Peppermint said something that Trichelle has latched onto as you're a traitor. And basically just like is like a dog with a bone, does not let it go, brings it up repeatedly. And Peppermint is the first to go. And I mean, I just. To me, what it brought up is like this classic question of who do we believe when they're speaking and how interesting that the first person to bring someone up that people believe is like a white cis woman and who's the woman we don't believe a black trans woman. And the second person banished was, I don't know for sure, but he's definitely a person of color. Um, and they didn't believe anything he was saying in response. And I feel like that's sort of just this question. And it's like, I don't think you can extricate like racial and gender politics at this table because it's like, it's all everyone's word against everyone else's. What 
who was the second person that got voted out? It's Max. M-A- yeah, Max. Yeah. Okay. Is he like dancing with the stars or something? Yeah, I have no idea who he is. Yeah, I don't know him either. So I'm just making some guesses. But like he spoke with an accent. And yep. so, I mean, it's just like he was clearly other to yeah. them. Yeah. And I don't know all the ways that he was other, but at the very least he was perceived as such. And and I just feel like it's like very much a huge piece of this. Totally. Totally. How, how would you, I feel like um, what I always think about in this show is I'm like, how would I figure out who a traitor is? It's so hard to do. The traders almost oh, yeah. always win. Like, how do you figure it out? And I feel like I got the, I got maybe the best answer to that. Maybe the only time I've heard a player in this game, like articulate their strategy for identifying traders in a way where I was like, oh, that's a great, that's a great call out. And it was when Marcus Jordan Mm, said mm. about the elimination where Peppermint got eliminated. Marcus Jordan said after that, he said, who were the people who didn't speak up because they liked the direction the conversation was going in? I thought that was so And I was like, oh my God, that is one of the only things you need to capitalize on the the reality of what it is to be a trader and the moments in which they can be passive. Yep. You need to look for those moments because if you can call that out and make it known that that's what you're looking for, then you're going to make the traders have to start to work more Mm -hmm. and basically risk tripping themselves up. Because if I knew Marcus Jordan was saying that I would, as a trader, I would try to probably like get in things more, have a voice, even if it's not like super influential, but that is adding a level of challenge for the traders to pull off that like increases the odds that they're going to kind of make a mistake or be caught, which is what you want to have happen. So I thought that, that, that was so spot on to me. And I'm sad that he got murdered at night because I felt like he was kind of onto something. Yes. Because I do not think you can rely on people's reactions. Yes. Because a trader always knows their reaction is going to be watched. And so they are crafting that from before, you know, to look for it. So you don't really have like a baseline level of comparison unless you knew them prior to the game, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they could be, their whole affect could be changed for the whole game, you know, mm-hmm. it's just it's just not a reliable marker. And I think it is the ability to remember what people were doing yep. once you have clarity. So once you know who is who, can yep. you reflect back and see what they were doing? And I do feel that the poison chalice provided another opportunity for that. Like if people had really been paying attention, there yeah. could have been insights as to who it was. Yeah. You need to always remember that other faithfuls are going to be the ones who are taking up the most attention because mm-hmm. they're really trying to figure something out yep. and they're really trying to do stuff and they're not worried about getting noticed trying to yep. do stuff because they're really just like, they're just trying being. to solve a problem. Yeah. They're just purely trying to solve a problem. So you need to basically like turn down how much you're focusing on that and try to turn up your perception of anyone on the fringes. Yep. That is trying to not draw attention. They're all trying to not. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I feel that Dan, 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 it's going to be his downfall because his approach is being super quiet to the point that it's already been noticed episode one and two. And you don't want to be that far off. And so Parvati definitely 
throws herself into the conversation at the round table in a big way in episode four. And I was like, Ooh, that's a choice. And I was not sure it was the correct choice, but I actually feel, especially after this, I think it's right. And I feel okay. that she knows this and I have to trust her gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, we have a good shot of the traders losing this season. I do because Sandra's a faithful. And that oh, is wow. like, what a, wow. What a powerful I, statement. I believe that if anyone could bring the traders down, it is Sandra. And I am not entirely convinced she doesn't know that Parvati is a traitor. Yeah. I, I just think just keeping it in. I just think um, I was listening to Las Culturistas talk about, and they made this great point that like housewives are actually like extremely astute because they're always playing a game of like, That's- they want to be returned. They want to get returned. They want to sit next to Andy Cohen at the reunion. Like they are not to be underestimated. Yeah. And I know we have Phaedra, a housewife as a trader who is incredible. What is it like to have her brain? I do not know. I wish I could try it for a day, but we also have like, really like we have Tamra. We have Tamra who's, you know, not the sharpest and Larsa, not the sharpest, but I feel like they have some kind of I feel like they might be good at sniffing out the rats. And I also think it's easier with this group of all-stars to be more confident about a couple of people who you know are faithfuls. Yeah. Like, I think people are like, there's no way Lars is a traitor. Right, and there's no way Bergie's a traitor. And there's, there's no, no way-, way Kevin's a traitor from Blue yeah. Empire. Yeah, so yeah. I think people are like, okay. Like, they're, they've got so many people that they can be sure are not yeah. traitors that you know yeah. it'd be good if the if the traitors murdered those people at night but well so that that lost culturistas take um and your take is, is very much active in in episode four it's okay. sort of one part of what parv brings to the table at wow. um the round table which i think was smart but oh. but yeah people are like the housewives thing yeah not to be underestimated at all and so I'm very interested to see where this is going. I think episode four was an amazing episode. I'm so excited. I can't wait for you to watch. What I love about this season is that I feel that everyone in the cast really seems to appreciate the theatrics and Ugh. Alan Cumming, which was not the case I felt in season one. Agreed. But like this season, they're just like laughing at all his jokes. They're here for his fashion. They're ready to sort of play into all of this, especially like, I mean, this this episode four, I mean, there's like, they're doing a live funeral, you know, like, and they're all game. And it's amazing. That's what you get from casting reality people. Yes. Instead of just normies. Alan is incredible. Incredible. This is his best role. He said so, I mean, I don't even know what else he's in. Probably movies. Movies, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> when he made that comment about that old man running in Challenge yeah. 2, he yeah. said, he was like, what a horrifying sight or what a scary sight. <laughs> I was like, this man is so funny. He's like, he's great. Just leaning into this in the perfect amount. For anyone who's on the fence about whether or not you should watch The Traders, let me just say that in one of the episodes, one of the first three episodes, we have a moment of Deontay Wilder, who is a pro boxer, I guess. Daniel is yeah. like one of the only people on the show Daniel recognized. Sandra from Survivor and Bergie from Love Island. Those only those three people in a room together with Deontay Wilder sobbing and the other two trying to console him. Deontay Wilder, Sandra and Bergie in a room together. You can't get this stuff anywhere else. 
No, no, you can't. And <laughs> it's just, you know what this feels like to me? I feel like this is like the elite. This is like the Ivy League version of House of Villains. A hundred percent. Great comment. It's such a good, they've also made this great change of one of the things I didn't like about the show as much. I still loved the, the, the first season, but the fact that the challenges were just like, so like everyone's just trying to win the challenge and get the money in the pot mm -hmm. that adding in of these shields that individuals are incentivized to go get. So they don't get murdered at night is like the perfect level of a, um, something that's put into the game that makes people have to make a choice during yep. the challenge. And it just makes the challenge a little bit more interesting and like thinking about, are the traders going to try to get shields to make themselves look like they're not traders? Like it just is the perfect evolution of what happened in season one. Agreed. They definitely evolved in a good way. And you know, another thing they added that I really liked in the very first episode, they had all of them have conversations with Alan about whether or not they wanted to be yes. a trader. And we didn't get to see that ever, I think, in anything, yes. and it needs to be done. And, of course, Sandra's like, make me a traitor. <laughs> She's amazing. She's amazing. Just love her. She, her. It's so funny watching her gameplay, and this is, if people don't watch Survivor, they won't know, because she's just so nothing. Nothing. And yet, the greatest she's gameplay She's so alive. deferential. It is she just so acts, wild. She just acts so clueless in the most believable way. Yeah. Like she's, oh, I'm not, she's like, she's not even thinking about the game. That's how they she They haven't acts. even talked about her once. No, she just eats episodes. food. She just eats her food and she stands around people while they eat dinners and talk about stuff. And she just goes, oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, you're fucking good. You're the best. There's a few high points I want to call out before I bounce. Okay. I only have um, one quote and that's it. Okay. I have a few quotes. One Someone, and I don't know who it was, says bananas gives me repo man vibes. <laughs> <laughs> who said that? And it was uh, just too good. So true. I remember that. I want to talk about the two big things from challenge th from episode three that I just loved. Please. Bergie's Let's emergent talk about leadership. Bergie's time to shine. Mer Bergie's emergent leadership. Shocking. A hero's journey happens for Bergie in episode three. It was amazing guys watch. i figured it out listen to me the lights are gonna go this way everybody to me now we're gonna go this way i was like he's like this is the peak of his existence it was amazing wow so good for him so good for him his first conversation after the round table where they choose the traders he's talking to someone and she's like oh my god you're a traitor you're a traitor you're so nervous and i wrote down is he nervous because he's on the traders or because he's talking to a woman <laughs> Yeah, probably the second one. Although he, I have to tell you, he is still dating the woman that he met he on Love Island. is. Yeah, no one else is. I don't know, actually, if that's true, but he is. He is. I checked, and then I found this amazing caption from him that I want to read about this exact moment, and he goes, I'm not a traitor. I have rosacea. He does. <laughs> I love him. Great love, casting. Uh, he he was just so amazing on Love Love Island, and um, I I'm love glad. his his girlfriend is like just so perfect. Also, what a sweet job. Yeah, is that it? That's those are my big ones. Oh, and the the poison chalice. Oh, incredible! More Which stuff like that. Another great evolution of the game. Make them do some. Make the traders have a little bit more skin in the game. Make it. Give a little bit more op op opportunities for the faithfuls to get some information that they can use. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
Well, here's my quote. I don't think Bergy was cut out for this life. Bananas. I have a quote also from Bananas. <laughs> okay. This game is like a jar of jalapenos. What you do today is going to burn your ass tomorrow. I'm Christina. And I'm M. Class dismissed. And that's the episode. This podcast was recorded and produced by us, Em and Christina. The views, thoughts, and opinions are ours alone. Special thanks to Caroline Reedy for episode art. Check out her work at doot underscore doodles on Instagram. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating or review. Want to get in touch? Send us an email. realitytvphdpod at gmail.com. See you next week. Yeah.